Hey guys, welcome back to another Mid-Mitten Gaming. Uh, I'm your host, GM Jeff, and with me as always is Juice. Is that what we're calling no. you? I guess, I don't know. Depends on the day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. Anyway, uh, today we got a episode that's pretty pa packed for the most part. Uh, really excited about it. Got some cool stuff. Uh, and so we will kick it off with hobby progress so juice what have you been doing yeah so um i haven't gotten a whole lot in unfortunately it's been kind of a slump just life's been busy but um i did pick up some uh, malifo models and i've been working on those a little bit just assembling and stuff like that um i think we talked about that last episode and then i've been working on some free blade stuff as well just a little bit but um just trying to get some stuff tabletop ready for uh, michigan gt which is coming up in october you know um so i'm very excited about that very excited to play been working on my list and yeah that's about all the hobby progress that i've had of late so gotcha i've been staring at the other two models i need to paint for my uh gt list does that count? Does that yes. count hobby progress? <laughs> They're still not painted, but but I keep staring at them and going, hmm. Let me just ask the TAO. Hold on. <laughs> I stared at these, and in my mind, they have three color minimums. And then I've also been working on my Adepticon uh, fourth for free blades. Yeah, I've and... also I've also been staring at them. Commissions. There's still silver. Yep, I have been cracking on with commissions. Although today was supposed to be a painting day, and dang it, it was totally going to be a painting day. And then I got sucked into Pathfinder Kingmaker on the computer, and darn it, that's all I have to say. But I am making some progress on uh, some good progress on the uh, commissions that I have down here, and so that's fun to work on those. Yeah. You guys can check out that progress on his, is it Mid-Michigan Painting? Is that it? No, Mid-Michigan Miniatures. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Mid-Michigan Miniatures on Instagram and then uh, Facebook as well. So you can check those. Uh, they're linked in the description of our podcast here. Yeah, awesome. So, so without further ado then, um, Jeff, what are we going to be going over today? Well, we uh, we're gonna be doing a giveaway at the at right. Oh, that's at the end of the episode, right? Giveaway at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes, yes. So stay tuned. Wow. For that. We're very excited about it. Um, we're yep. gonna <laughs> we're gonna be talking about the Trillion uh, Seekers free band as a faction overview today. So as always, we'll be talking about their starter box and then uh, what model or two you might want to add when you're done with that. Uh, so here's what, so I use World Anvil a lot, uh, DGS Games has put a lot of their stuff on World Anvil, and it's a really great place to go and look up stats and, uh, read lore, they just posted a couple of articles, uh, two or three days ago about the Varkalans, and that's very exciting, because they're kind of a mysterious, no magic, uh, monastic, uh, faction. Anyway. But today we're doing the Trillion Seekers, and I'm on World Anvil, and I'm just going to read you their little blurb briefly here. Trillion society is ideally suited for the idea of free bands. In fact, any Trillion would tell you they originated the idea. Trillion free bands are essentially an extension of their culture wanderlust. They seek knowledge and artifacts from other civilizations and are less interested in gold and glory than free bands from other realms. Typically, the patrons of Trillion Freebands are either the princes and princesses of the Deepwood or the border captains of the Reach. Deeper Freebands are more likely to hold warrants to local, uh, locate some prized object or exotic beast. Research Freebands will often reflect their patrons' paranoia over the defense of the border and be set some task of clandestine action or espionage. One type of warrant is uniquely given to Trillion Seekers, a warrant of return. Trillions have almost fantastic, uh, sorry, fanatic 
have an almost fanatic seeming devotion to each other and will stop at nothing to recover one of their own placed in danger or harmed by someone of the world beyond their realm. The patron of such missions is a high enforcer, and enforcers are commonly found working within free bands to rescue trillions in peril and to recover a stolen Sholas. I don't know what a Sholas is, but that's where we're ending that. Anyways. Probably some stupid tree thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Trillions are essentially the uh, elves of this world. They have starlight vision. And are uh, trying to kill a bug. And uh, th so they have starlight vision. And uh, they are, um, yep, kind of a mysterious race. They live in uh, a great wood in the middle of the of Phalon there. Yes, it is over by uh, the Arlean, the border's Herodel. It's not the Arlean. Uh, Sorry, what is it? Dang. It's It's even bigger. I can... I'm looking at my map. I made a too story about it, and I can't remember, so that's funny. Anyway, so let's get on to the starter box. So the starter box includes um, six models, so standard, you know, free blades. And uh, the first up is going to be the Star Seeker. Now, I'm not familiar, super familiar with the, the uh, Trillions. Jeff, however, um, he took third place in the... Uh, Adepticon 2019 tournament, so basically the world tourney as of right now uh, for free blades. So, you know, hand claps. Um, <clears throat> anyway, he did really good with the Trillions. He always has. He plays them as like a very alpha elite strike force, in my opinion. Very low model count compared to what I usually play in general, but because um, they're good at that. So, without further ado, the Star Seeker, their leader. Um, he, go ahead. Here's the uh, there is further ado. Their wooded realm is called Trillius. Nobody cannot get And uh, Starhold is their capital. Starhold. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. That's so, fun. Now it yep. makes more sense. All right. Well, they they focus on the stars quite a bit. So. Yeah, we, he's talking about starlight vision. It's it's uh more it's less than free is more bright sword, but starlight vision. Um, when you're under the night sky, you essentially have night vision. Yep. All right. The stars give you. That you can take the light from them and you've adapted that way. So it's pretty cool. All right. So the Star, star Seeker. Seeker, the Seeker of the Star, he is speed six, Mar D12. He has a Tolaron, which is, if I'm not mistaken, a trillion weapon, right? I think I think it's Tolaron. Tolaron, okay. Yep. A D10 with SW. Um, he has a defense 5, AV 5, so that's pretty respectable for speed 6. 3 life points, discipline D12, so fairly standard um, stat line for a leader. He has Arboreal, which you're going to see a lot in this faction. Um, basically, he can move through force unimpeded. Parry 2, Bold, Agility D10, which gives him a few of those... Uh, which allows him to have elusive and deflect, I believe. And he has elusive and deflect. Now, deflect is one we haven't really encountered a whole lot. Uh, a hit on you must achieve threshold 15 to be a critical. So not the damage. We're talking about a hit. If they want to crit you on the hit, it has to be threshold 15 as opposed to the normal 10. So that's really good. And immediately, I think that you can tell from this model um, that he is you know already like he's he's he can survive a fight like i've seen this guy you know the model itself is not heavily armored um as far as like aesthetically but put this guy in there with most models and he can go just totally make like stand his own you know he doesn't have an issue with that at all with the parry 2 d twin mar and um D12. I don't know, Jeff, D12 and Elusive as well. Jeff, can, you can add some more in there, I'm sure. Yeah, so I think I've been playing Freeblades for a while, and I keep coming back to the Star Seeker as one of the toughest uh, leaders in the game. Uh, that D12 Mar with his two parries, always a good thing, but Swift gives him plus one to parry attempts. So that's the SW on the Toleron. And then... Uh, elusive, uh, bold says he ignores fear and he treats terror as fear. And then lastly, elusive there. If you get into a fight 
that you don't want to be in, you just leave with elusive. And so uh, I really like the Star Seeker. In fact, one time I remember you kept charging with your one of your knights uh, of Vidnar, and I just kept backing off like an inch. It was annoying. <laughs> it was stupid. I was like, I'm, I don't want to go in there with my knight of Vidnar. Surely he'll be able to damage you. Surely he would have if he ever could have caught him. <laughs> just kept leaving. So they're great for kiting or harassing. I really like them. They're one of the better leaders in the game, in my opinion. Yeah, so. I'd say he's very a balanced leader, I guess. And what you know, what he does is really good. And yep. again, five defense, five AV, like it's pretty, pretty nice. You know, it's just it's very, very he's good. good. Um, their free blade or faction ability, uh, they have. Uh, this is home. Yeah, this is home. In a free band led by the Star Seeker, the Trillium player may place one woods terrain feature of up to six inches in any direction anywhere on the table after deployment zone to determined. Now, with this next one that Jeff's going to go over here in a second, the Tree Speaker, it's going to make even more sense. But this is a really good ability. And up until the Chakram, it was the only way to actually get a terrain feature on the board. Uh, now that the Chakram are in... They also have an ability, which is to put a watery terrain feature. In my opinion, this one is much, much better, though, because woods, unlike watery, uh, they can prevent line of sight and, and those kind of things. Their, their con um, terrain feature contains are just defined by trees, but it counts as rough and obscuring, whereas watery only counts as rough. So watery impedes your movement, but rough or uh, woods impedes your movement. And potentially your vision as well with obscuring. So it's really good in that sense. Yeah, for sure. I uh, We'll get to tactics later. But I do like that. So then we get the tree speaker down here. Uh, she is their caster that comes in the starter box. Uh, pretty standard stat line for a caster. Speed 7, Mar D6, Staff 2 ended, D6 damage. No ranged ratings. Uh, defense of 4. Armor value of 2, 2 life points, discipline of D8. All that's pretty standard. 15 power, pretty standard. Uh, she, her spell list is comes off the tree speaking spell list. Uh, D10 car to do that with. Then she has Arboreal. And so all the trillions in the starter set have Arboreal. This lets them treat um, wooded terrain as easy as opposed to rough. And then uh, Tree Bond. Tree Bond, when she is inside an area of wood, uh, she subtracts one power from the overall casting cost of the spell to a minimum of zero. So she can cast first level spells if she's in a wood for no mana. Now she does need at least one mana in her reservoir to use that ability. If she's completely out of mana, she can't cast. Or power, rather. She's completely out of power. She can't cast. But as long as she has one, she can cast for free in the woods. So that's Tree Bond. In the woods. Uh, as far as her um, spell list is concerned, honestly, there's it's pretty standard. <laughs> There's not oh a gosh. lot. There's not a lot that really <laughs> jumps. That we're making them sound though. Let's okay. Let's go over the animal swarm. Let well, me let me we're, talk we're, about this. One. You can talk about that in a minute. It's pretty standard. It has a lot of standard stuff on it. Two. I was gonna point out uh, two that kind of uh, stand out for me. I would say three because tree gate vines you, and summon animal swarm. But you're gonna talk about summon animal swarm. Tree gate. Uh, it's a two power spell. Friendly, target friendly, friend, entirely within a wood terrain feature or object, may be placed into any other woods feature on the table. Cannot be placed within 12 inches of an enemy. This does not count as its movement for the, for the target. And the target retains original facing. The location at which it's placed needs to be in your line of sight. That's sweet. It's teleport. So I really like that one. Now, um, um, just to break it down, because I don't... So because it has to be... Um, oh, it does not need to be in your line. So, okay, never mind. I oh, yeah, sorry. The t location which is placed does not need to be in your LLS. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense because woods are obscuring. So I was yeah. like, how does that work? So <laughs> you put her in the wood, and she just kind of stands there. The other thing I was 
like the other one, two spells that really stand out to me anyway are Fortify plus two die levels Mar or Rar, your choice. That's really that's a really good spell for her to have. And Mend, target recovers one life point that lost earlier in the battle. Um, the reason those two stand out for me is because of Tree Bond. They're both free to cast. One is a heal that's free to cast, and the other one makes your leader up there with his D12 go to a D16 Mar, and it's free to cast. <laughs> you still gotta like pass if your card and trees. everything. Yep. Now the one that Juice is going to talk about here is uh, it's really good against lightly armored targets or as a blocker. It is very bad against heavily armored targets. Oh my gosh! Don't lie. Unless <laughs> unless you're using it as a blocker. Unless because, you roll exceptionally well. Well, it only does and... a d4 damage, so it's just it's just how not many, doing it. How many of those d4s does it get though, Jeff? As many as hit, which is not. It's four. It's yes. a really four fun model to fight attacks. So, I think it's first of all one of the most unique, um, not generic, but one of the most unique summon or minion, I guess, uh, models that Freeblades has as an entire game. Um, the the base itself is literally just a swarm of animals. Yep, it is a skunk, there's a deer. A deer. Um, what else is on there, Jeff? I think a there's squirrel. An owl. No, there's a skunk, a deer, a squirrel, and a rabbit. And a yeah. fox. Sounds like the bad intro to like a bad joke. Like a skunk, a deer, a squirrel, and a rabbit walk into a bar. Um, and uh, it's on a 50 millimeter base, but it is a three cost. Uh, two, if, again, you're touching a tree, is placed within six inches of your normal summons. Stuff. Here's where it differs, though. As I mentioned earlier, it's a, a, a D6 Mar with four attacks. They're only a D4 bite. But it has four of them. D or uh, eight speed, which is awesome. Defense four, AV two, which is meh. Life points two. Again, it's not bad. Discipline D eight. So that's that's pretty fair. And here is where um, it has our arboreal summon. It's literally it's literally the best ability in the game. <laughs> it is called skunk attack. It's and so, skunk attack. It's so great. <laughs> I hate it so much. I just, it's just after it gets used on you so many times, you're just like, why, did, what is this doing here? Why? Like, just, it just feels like you're not only getting attacked and like, but you're also being mocked. That's just my opinion. It's an interesting. Anyway, so, Go ahead. Skunk attack. Those in contact with you at the start of the shooting phase must pass an endurance test or a minus two mar for the rest of the turn. This is not a special ability, so it doesn't trigger anything. You just use it. It It just happens. (laughs) If they're in contact with you at the start of the shooting phase, which if you remember with Freeblades, movement comes for, or movement after magic, and you've got shooting phase, then melee phase. So you're already in melee unless you've delayed, and even then you'll be in melee melee melee. no matter what. Yeah. Speed eight, so you got sixteen inch threat range there if you really need to, and it's just super annoying, especially when it's like I'm gonna summon this and put it I don't know next to my enforcer over here, and the one model you thought had a chance to wound the star seeker or the enforcer goes in there and goes from his D10 Mar to a D6, and then you're fighting this stupid four attack skunk, which Jeff gives less credit i believe than it's due it's Most it's good of the time it's really good against light targets and a, you, against the targets for sure but like if you're doing a heavily armored i'd say you ha- you still have pretty good odds like you survive at least for the most part because of this mar decrease yeah. and then you still get a wound in there or at least a hit for sure but it, it's uh, okay it's okay it, it's like you don't like use it thinking you're gonna take that guy down because you're yeah, not it's, going to. It's for harassing. It's for the minus two dice levels, in my opinion. That's the main thing you use it for. But again, like Jeff said, if you're trying to block a lane or something like that, which we'll get to later, but it's very good. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's really good. One note on Skunk Attack. It says models in contact says nothing about enemy models in contact. So if you're if you run in and you're in contact with one of your own models and an enemy, guess what? You're skunking yourself. So just like 
keep that in mind. Alright. Next guy on the list is the Enforcer. Um, these are the guys that go out and they look for um, trillions who have gotten into trouble and try to save them. So it's Speed 6, Mar D10, Toleron with a D10 Swift. Um, that's a great weapon. It's a, it's a trillion specialty weapon. This guy is Defense 5, Armor Value 4, 2 Life Points, Disc D10. He has Contain, which prevents uh, things like Elusive, as far as I know. Uh, yeah. You ignore yeah, talents. Prevents that. You ignore talents employed by enemies that prevent reactions while breaking off. Elusive is the first one. I, does it affect Blade Dancer? Because that's with Elusive as well. Blade Dancer gives Elusive, so yes. So yeah, I think Elusive and Harasser is probably the only thing I can think of for the most part. I don't even Harasser applies, but it does because Harasser includes Elusive. Elusive is the main one. They worded it that way in case another talent comes out that prevents a reaction. Anyway, so he's got contain Arboreal as all the trillions do. He's parry two. Very nice for a hero. Uh, agility D10. And then he's got hunk, Hunt. So he can uh, roll to hunk. try and get... Yeah, he's got Hunk. Hobo, cheese hobo. by the Hunk. No, I, I was thinking like, what a Hunk. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Hunk of Cheese. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway. any, yeah, that's a difference of a <laughs> different mindset. If you listen there. to our other episode in the podcast especially the curse you'll get it but yeah yeah i i knew exactly where you're going with that anyway hunt allows you to try to guise out those uh or geese out the um stealth or camouflage models on the field so it's kind of nice he clocks in at 30 gold so he's pretty standard all around i find that the enforces this is my experience with him he will either stay there all day and like nobody can take this guy out or he gets one shot. <laughs> those, those are like his only two options. He's either there forever or he's dead immediately. I would agree with this. Usually he's either a thorn on my side or I'm like, where's the enforcer at? The one thing that I always have trouble with, for whatever reason, the way that the enforcer is sculpted, for some reason he always looks like the leader to me. I'm just, I don't know what it is. I'm like, who's your leader? And I'm pointing at the Star Seeker, pointing at the enforcer. The enforcer is the guy with the blade down, right? Uh, one of them has a blade down, one of them has a blade to the side. They have two sculpts. Oh, okay, well, in the starter box, I think it's a blade down blade with a down, flowing yeah. cloak or whatever, and the Star Seeker is the one with a little more armor, has the blade come to the side or whatever. Yeah, he's just holding it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's like, man. All right. That, yeah, he always confuses me. I'm like, who are you? Are you the leader? No one knows. Totally. All right, so next model we're going to talk about. So that... Um, I think that's all the heroes in the box. Is that right? Yep, yep, yep. So now we go to the tree runners. Bump, bump, bump. So unlike their name, they can't run in the trees, but they have arboreal, so that's cool. But tree runners that means they can run through the trees, through them, but not in, like on top of. Them. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, speed seven, D six Mar, uh, using a hind call, D six plus one, Heron and a call, Heron call. It helps when you zoom in and read glasses. Um, longbow, D8, uh, with a 12, 24, 36 range. Now, I think he, did, didn't the Enforcer have a bow or somebody else up there? No. Well, there's other people. It's the other two uh, heroes. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so longbow, D6, RAR, D8 uh, damage, which is pretty good for a follower. Uh, speed, or defense 4, a AB3. LP1, D6, um, <clears throat> Discipline, comes with Arboreal, Scout, and Limited. Now, Limited is something we haven't really encountered a lot, and it's just like it sounds. You may not have more than one of this model type for um, for, for every 75 gold in your free band base cost. So in a starter box, 150 points, you can only have one. But you add another two. 75 gold, or two. two. No, You may not have more than one of this model type for every... Full 75. 75. Sorry, so, full 75. Yeah. So you can have two in that because there's 157. You can have yeah. three in a 250 list. There you go. Yeah. Um, but it's he's a good follower. He's 17 gold, which I I don't know if that's high priced or not. It feels a little bit high priced for the follower. Um, but that range attack is, I think, 
where he shines. I mean, he's pretty good. We've talked about some other followers, you know, in these episodes and, uh, you know, that's, that's really good. A scout is really great. You know, you get infiltrate with that. So that helps you get up the board, get that movement positioning, which um, again, we'll talk about more tactics later, but um, these guys can definitely make a archer line. They can do range list really well. Um, and with that, you want to go over the last two models in the star set. Yeah, I will. Uh, one thing it's melee weapon. is also something to note. It's a, uh... You know, we talked about what was called Herenkel. Uh but it's uh, it's a D6 plus one damage. So if this guy charges in and actually manages to connect, he's going to be a D6 plus two on his damage roll. That's that's scary at that point, you know. So yep, unless you charge. <laughs> well, nothing's scary if you charge, but a D6 plus two <laughs> coming at you is, uh. Well, functionally, it, it rolls the same as a D8 for damage, and then, like, statistically speaking, it's a D8. And then um, a D8, that's a D6 plus 1. D6 plus 2, I don't know. So, anyway, there you go. Uh, the So it's a good melee weapon, that's all I'm saying. The other two models in the starter box are Wanderers. Um, these are part of the Reach people. They... Are on the outside. Anyway, the they're each people. Well, <laughs> they're on the the outcasts. No, no they they're on the uh, border as far as I know. They like wander outside of the main. That's why they're called wanderers. Is they're, they're outside the main forest. Um, they're speed six, mar d six, long spear, boop with a d eight damage and standoff. Nice, rar d six, longbow d eight. With a 12, 24, 36 range. Defense 4. Armor 4. 1 life point. D6 discipline. Arboreal clocking in at 16 gold. So again, these guys feel a little pricey for what they do. So much so I don't actually see these guys in tournaments ever. The Wanderers, yeah. Yeah, the Wanderers. But they're great models. Two pose models. Uh, or two pose, and uh, I really have fun playing the starter set for the trillions. Um, I this is this is uh, all right. pure opinion. Pure opinion. This is Jeff's opinion. I think the trillion starter box is the weakest starter box in the entire lot. Out the box, just, like, he, if you're doing starter box on starter box, trillions are the weakest. Meaning it's just, you're going to have to be a lot smarter to win and play with the Trillion starter box than, let's say, the Falcarn starter box or the Trezorite starter box, something like that. Or Herodellin. Or Herodellin. Now, every starter box has its own, or fashion has its own learning curve. I would say Eclipse is up there, um, probably, arguably, equal to Trillion or more so as far as, like, if you don't know what you're doing, you might just get KO'd, you know. But... And and Herodellens we've talked about before is probably one of the easiest starter box to start with. But yeah. I I definitely can tell the difference. Like and this is just in our little experiences, but just to put it an example, when I was learning the game, we were playing a lot more hundred and fifty point games. I would play my hundred and fifty point Trazrites against Jeff's hundred and fifty point trillions. Now Jeff, as we mentioned earlier, third in the US kind of thing at that time, you know. Jeff is a really excellent player, especially with a faction he's familiar with like this. The handicap, I would guess, I would call it, having my uh, Trazrite box against his um, Trillion box, I actually won a lot more times than probably I would have if we had like a custom-built 150-point list. And I think a lot of it has to do with... Um, there's there's you a know, number there's a number there's of reasons. A number of factors yeah but one but the main the main one being that this is the only starter box that has three heroes in it. Hold up, I'm thinking through that. Demons might also only have three heroes. Now I'm thinking about it, but their leader is like so good that it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, the the so it only has the three heroes, uh, two melee heroes, and then your caster. And then it's got three followers. So you have three one life point models. So like all all in all, uh, most most factions are going to be bringing eight, nine, ten, ten life points to the field. The trillions here are only bringing nine life points to the field. And so that doesn't seem like a lot, but it ends up being a lot because uh, your now, guys just get got faster. 
So here's something kind of interesting. This is a side thing, not something we normally go because, you know, normally we go to tactics and models, which we will in just a minute. But Jeff, if you were building the Trillion starter box, would you say that, uh, would you feel like it would change if there was a lower level uh, follower, Trillion no. follower, and added another hero like no. some of the other starter boxes? Or Trillions are really expensive. Uh, their cheapest follower is 13 gold. Um, which is like mid-range for followers, but other factions have cheaper ones. Uh, so they're, they're, but then their heroes are also really expensive. I would actually keep the starter box right where it's at. Um, I have come to really like the starter box. It is still, and I still think it's the weakest starter box out there as far as like just if you go one-on-one or whatever. Um, starter box, starter box. This one will take a little more to do but i i wouldn't change yeah. the starter box and weakest is a hard term too because freeblaze does a really good job of bgs does a really good job of balance i'm, I'm just it talking you both bought a starter box as far as like out the box you don't know anything about the game you don't know what your strategies are yet it is harder when you're playing trillion so at and first the, you know and this this will transition us right i i'm saying i've said that you know i've made my opinions very clear on the starter box as a faction, I think it's one of the stronger factions in the game. And so I think it's a great faction. I love it. It's my favorite faction. And so uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about um, maybe what to add to the starter box to kind of flesh it out. And so... Um, Which, uh, honestly, there's a lot of ways you can go with it. So um, I, I can't, you, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know if so I can pick one. Let's let's start with this. So I I want to talk about the Miss Dancer because I think okay. that this mod is you. I want you to add commentary because you actually know Cap, how to use it. Captain but, OP. <laughs> Captain OP. Yeah. Okay. So the Miss Dancer. Let's talk about this model just aesthetically for a second. He's so good. This model is a half naked. <laughs> He's mostly naked, let's be honest. Well, he's just got a loincloth loin on, that's it. It's not even a loincloth. He kind of looks like, he should he's say good. multi-pass. He looks like he's from, uh, from he's Fifth got, Element. Like, he's he got a, like a male version. He's got a loincloth on, that's fine. Okay. Well, DGS does a great job at that in that area. But anyway, It's a sweet model. It, yeah, it's a very unique model for sure. I think like if you're using it as a, like even a monk in Pathfinder and or D&D like it'd be great but uh, Miss Dancer Speed 7 D10 Mar with two attacks two Heron calls D6 plus 1 which we talked about earlier statistically that D6 plus 1 is equivalent to a D8 statistically um, so he's got two melee he attacks two melee now here we go again he has a D8 RAR with a the Heron call again but this time it's D6 plus 1 thrown with a 246 range so We've talked about thrown weapons on the podcast before. Thrown weapons you can do as part of a charge. You can throw it in there as you go in. Wait, Defense. does that mean you essentially get three attacks on the turn that you charge somebody? Yes, but there's more. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so defense five, AV two, three life points, which why this guy has three life points. It's because he has AV two. That's why he, why three does he deserve three life points. All right. D10 discipline. So which going... I fail constantly on this model. <laughs> but that's There's all right. Checks, you mean, or... Yeah. All the time, man. Oh no. A squirrel right. farted. I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, yeah. Anyway, D10 disc is is good. All right, I'm going to go over the normal abilities first. So he has tough one, which gives him that extra life point. Parry one, dodge one. Okay, parry one and dodge one. D10 agility, and and that's okay. Let's just start there. So he's defensive against ranged and melee attacks with his parry and his dodge. He has a D10 for either the parry or the dodge, which is awesome dodge you can use against range so this guy is annoying enough now here's the thing dodge you think oh great great he's pretty low defense and armor i'm just gonna you know hope to get past his dodge and maybe shoot him before he disappears well guess what it doesn't matter because he's already in the forest you want to know why he's in the forest because he has Cause arboreal right here not just arboreal sorry yet yeah, arboreal that, that's a, an that's a key part, part of the of kit though yes but covert charge if all other charge conditions are met, you may ignore the requirement for a line of sight when declaring a charge. This talent does not confer the ability to ignore terrain for movement purposes. So, 
he can go into a forest and just charge out of it, not caring about the line of sight as long as he can reach you. Um, there's has a lot to, more has to, to be it. In he the can front charge arc, but, into yeah. a forest as well. Yeah, he has to meet the condition of the front arc, has to be within range and everything. But gosh, is it ever annoying when this guy tree gates out of the freaking somewhere? He's already in a forest, and then he tree gates. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, okay, well, he's in the forest. I'm, I'm safe. And then bam, out of charges you. And you're just like, what? What's happening? And then three attacks, bam, bam, bam. And then you're just like, Oh my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> I'm going to hit him back. He's not armored. It should be fine. Period. Dodge. And then you're just like, you're, and then, okay. And then on top of that, like, okay, next next round is coming. You're like, all right, well, that was brutal. It took a couple life points, but I'm still standing, and surely I'll defeat him now. Well, guess what else he has in this kit? Blade Dancer. I'm going to go uh, kill bl- the wizard now. <laughs> <laughs> He's a... When you conduct a break-off action, and this includes elusive, um, after any reaction tax are resolved, you may treat the remainder of your action or active activation as a maneuver action. So what this does, and we've talked about it in the podcast before, but he, suddenly that melee that he felt trapped in, he can suddenly dance around and go harass somebody else, and he does it very well. And if you're um, if you're safe, you can just dance over near the wizard, be like "hello," and throw your heron call at him. Yes, <laughs> it's um, so comes in at thirty-seven gold. So again, he's pricey. Yeah, he is. but man, is he ever worth it? And every trillion list, a tournament list I've seen has one of these. <laughs> every at, single one of them. At least one. And I would argue there's probably room for two. It just depends on what you're trying to do. But they are just so good. They can take terrain to their advantage. Again, this is going back to more tactics. But you get to place a six-inch tree. And if you're playing a standard table, you know, like, you're going to have some decent terrain out there with free blades, especially if you're in the U.S., which that's a whole other topic. But um, because U.S. people like terrain. Anyway, but um, I guess I should explain that better. But uh, Yeah, let's just leave it hanging there. We'll talk. That's a different podcast. Yes. So, um, but he's he's a great pickup. Um, You know, thirty-seven gold. If you picked up two of them, you'd be well on your way to two hundred fifty point list, and Mm -hmm. you know, almost your hero cap too. So it'd be is really great. Um, uh, Jeff, what's another model you want to talk about? Dude, it is really hard to pick one while you were talking. Like the mist dancer was high on my list. So I'm glad you talked about him because he's Who's little archer lady. Who's that? Searcher? Yeah, that's who I think I I'm going like to talk about. I feel like she's your, your girl. I she is. She is. She is my girl. Well, but there's also the blade riders who are also my girls. And so it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to, anyway. So we'll do a searcher <laughs> and then I'll tell you the stupidity of my, uh, my adepticon list from a couple of years back. All right. Speed six. Um, First off, Trillions have, like, really good... We've been talking about some of their melee characters, and they have some really solid melee characters. Searcher, not one of them. Because you can also build a really good ranged list with the with the uh, Trillions as well. And probably, this I is, would say... I, I'd uh, say probably one of the yeah. best ranged lists in the game. Other anyway. than Mershael, I think they... And their range is technically better, but Mershael is, like... I don't know. Mershael has better armor in their range list. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, Enforcer. Or not the Enforcer. Searcher. Speed 6. Nice. Mar D8 with a Heron Call. uh, With D6 plus 1 again. Range attack rating D12. Nice. With a longbow. So 12, 24, 36. Kiting all day long. Uh, Defense 5. Armor value 4. Two life points, discipline D8. She's got Arboreal, Scout, Find D10, Hunt D10, and Agility D10. Um, she also she doesn't have any defensive talents, but what she does have is Marksman. Marksman says if you remain stationary, you have advantage on ranged attacks. So if you remain stationary, you can roll that D12 two times. And pick the higher result to that, hit your target. 
Let's be real though, Jeff. What do you usually do? There's a certain spell you like to put on her for well, free. Well, all right. So this is what I've done. This is my Adepticon list. And really, I, I think I missed first place by a single pip on the die. Uh, the last game, we were trying to collect uh, recon points. And I rolled, and I needed a three or something, and I rolled a two. And so, or I needed a four, and I rolled a three. That's what it was. And so I missed it by a single pip on the die, and I would have won by objective as opposed to by break. Anyway, so uh, what I do with the searcher is I make her my leader. So that adds seven gold to her cost. So she clocks in at uh, 41 gold. Actually, it adds nine gold to her cost. Sorry, so 42 gold. Um, her discipline goes to a d12. She gains a life point. She gains a leader and shoot them. And she gains plus one die level melee attack rating or ranged attack rating or car. Uh, so she doesn't have car. I'm not going to up that d8 to a d10. So let's make that d12 a d14. So now she's rolling a d14 and she can roll twice. Uh, scout includes infiltrate so you can get her into a nice position early on. And then you can roll twice, pick the higher result with that d14. And honestly, that's like, that is the, that is what I do with her because I bring the Stargazer, their alternate caster that we're not going to talk about. He uses Celestial Magic. And so I use him. He doesn't have any buffing to up the die level, but if you take the Tree Speaker, uh, because you're just adding this to your starter box, you can make her a D18, <laughs> rolling twice, picking the higher result. So that's spooky. But I run the Stargazer because I'll just talk about the one spell. It's called Illuminate. It's first level spell. You place a 4-inch AoE. Any game effect that restricts line of sight or provides bonus to defense for ranged attacks are negated inside the AoE. If you, are atta uh, atta if you attack a target in the AoE, you are plus one die level to ranged attacks. And so uh, that makes her a d16, rolling twice. Um, if they're in the AOE. But Jeff, that's hard to do. Well, you put that AOE in a place that um, they will move through, and that's close enough for you to take a ranged attack rating. It takes some skill to place that AOE, but you need to kind of read the battlefield, and if you can do it, it works really well. So I've seen you a lot of times put it on an objective, too. That's yep. a lot of what you'll do, because you're like, hey, an attrition army objective and it just yep. yep because she is not the list i bring with her as my leader is not that right all right yeah so anyway that's the searcher um i really like her as my leader gosh we we don't have time to like go through go through the whole thing. I will, uh, I'll tell you my tournament list. So how's that? Is that all right, Juice? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So searcher is the leader. Um, stargazer as the, uh, caster, another searcher as a hero, a downgraded star seeker as, uh, a hero. So I removed the leader talent from him. It saves him like seven gold, I think. And he, some of his stats go down. But I bring him. He unlocks the this is home so I can put the tree on the field. Um, I also bring a blade rider dismounted. And so there's that. We're not talking about her, but she's in the list. Uh, and then I bring a... Uh, my last hero there is a... Uh, uh, Mistancer. Yep, Mistancer. And then my followers are three guardians. And so you'll have to look at them. Uh, they are a great follower. If you want to do a range list, there's two kinds of range lists that you can do in Trillions. Uh, there's the Tree Runner range list, and you can take the Veteran and the, def or the, sorry, not Tree Runner, uh, the Defender range list, which would include two Veteran Defenders. And then there's the um, kind of the guardian range list as well. So you can look at those. And we haven't talked about any of those models 
there's just there's really good the the defenders are like a throne range list and the guardians use longbows so there's your difference yeah anyway i really like trillions you should check them out if you if you are at all like enjoy kind of the more elite armies uh or like if you're uh if you liked running eldar or high elves uh you would probably really enjoy trillions so that's what i'll say about that circle of rubbers all right all right, and with that, we are going to get into something that we're very excited about, um, and that is going to be um, a giveaway. Um, Jeff, can you explain what is going to be in this giveaway, and then we'll both go over how to enter and then the details. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we have some friends at different places. Uh, Gadzooks Gaming have been a friend of ours, and we're really excited to be in partnership with them. And so one of the things that you'll be getting is a tape measure from Gadzook Gamings. Uh, and so that'll be, that'll be fun. That's in it. But that's uh, we have some other great giveaways from Gadzooks coming up, but we wanted to kind of hint at what's give, what Gadzooks has given us a little bit. Uh, but we, we have some really good stuff from them to give away a little bit from now uh, in the future. What we're giving it'll away be a right Yeah, it'll be a separate giveaway. That's not the tape the tape measure is gonna be in the in the box that you're gonna be getting. But what you're actually gonna be getting is from our friends at DGS Games. Uh, they are you know, we've been reviewing their uh, their stuff here for a while. And what they've given us to give to you is a Kurgazor, or a Kurgazar. So that's the new giant dino that DGS has released. The play, it's still in playtest, but the model's out. We have a model, and we're going to be giving that model to you. Not only uh, just to you, but I'll be painting it up for you as well uh, from Mid-Michigan uh, Miniatures. We'll be painting that up for you. And so you're going to get a painted Kurgazor, courtesy of DGS games and mid mitten podcast. So, yeah, and, and uh, like yeah. he said too, with some uh, additional goodies from Gadzooks and we are super excited. We want to thank Gadzooks and DGS for helping us with this. We're going to be doing some more giveaways as we go on, but this is going to be the first one to launch. We wanted to get the Kurgazor out there because soon enough, it's going to be available for purchase, but this is going to give you the opportunity to get it before probably before the rules come out, I don't know, and the model itself. Uh, we're going to be running this giveaway for the next two weeks. And how this giveaway is going to work is <clears throat> we have a Google form link that you're going to be able to find on our Facebook page, so Midmitten Gaming's Facebook page. It's going to be in the um, section with that. <clears throat> and on that Google Forms, you're going to go in and you're going to fill out all the information. And it's going to ask you for your email and detail some other stuff. And we want your name on there so we can know who gets this. And it also is going to go over some other stuff. Um, we ask that you go in and like our Midmitten Gaming Facebook page uh, with this. And as well as that, we want you to go onto the actual episode, this one itself. Um, and you're going to go in the comment section of it on our page and tag three friends on that comment section. Um, it, and you'll have links to all that in that um, for, folder and everything. Um, it also includes a picture of the Kurgazor, not the actual one that we have painted, but of the model itself so that you can get excited and see that again. Um, wonderful paint job, whoever did that. DGS Games so posted it. Matt Gooch posted that. And, dude, we are just so psyched about uh, being able to paint review this model a little bit in a later episode and then send it over to you. We are super excited about that and um, as well as send those Gadzooks goodies. So we hope you're excited too. Um, Jeff, what I'm, else do you want to add to that? I, I'm really excited. I wish I could like, uh, I, I, if we, <laughs> when we knew we were getting the Kirkazord and we're going to be reviewing it in our next episode. So you'll get to hear a little bit more about the, about the uh, model, about a, uh, little snippets of its uh what what it's doing out there as well as uh you know 
really will be reviewing how the model goes together and and stuff like that and the, like, yeah, size this is going to be um, resin so i'm really excited there's other resin models out there but um, i'm yep. really excited because this is going to be part of the new processes they do i think so with assemblies and stuff they're they're working towards plastic right now and so plastics yeah yeah yep, plastics so they have resin this one's resin some of their bigger stuff is resin generally so but uh, I will tell you, if you are a Trazerite player, or you just really like the Beast Hunt scenarios, or like using NPCs in scenarios, you're going to want to pick up a Kyrgyzor too. If you just like dinosaurs and r ridiculously awesome skulls, you're going to want a Kyrgyzor too. So if, you, if your name is Chris Reedy, you're going to want to pick up 10. So oh my gosh. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. No, we did that. But yeah, so um, I don't even know if you listen, Chris. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's a plug for you for sure. So we are super excited about this. Um, we're going to be posting, you know, uh, this on the Freeblaze page as far as the link. But we uh, hope that you can go over to our page and like it and follow the prompts there. And uh, again, it, it's going to be two weeks, so I believe we're going to be posting this episode tomorrow. Uh, or sorry. Yeah, I think it's tomorrow, but we're going to be posting this episode. It'll be two weeks from whenever that post is. So keep a lookout on there. That original post is going to while, stay on our While we do page. this, uh, we'll do, we will do a drawing Monday the 13th of September. We'll Perfect. do our drawing. So you will know by Monday the 13th of September uh, whether or not you are the proud owner of a painted Kyrgyzor, courtesy of DGS Games and Mid-Michigan Miniatures. Yeah, as well as some Gadzooks gaming goodies. So we're really excited about that. Uh, we're going to be reviewing their stuff as well coming up. So, yeah, some great exciting things going on here. And we want to just thank everybody again. Uh, we, like Jeff said. Thank you, thank you, thank you, yes. thank you, DGS. <laughs> yeah. And, and Gadzooks. 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 Yeah. I'm really excited about what we're giving away for Gadzooks as well. We just wanted to get this into the hands of somebody before its official release. Yeah, and as we go through the next uh, two to four episodes, you're going to be hearing more reviews on that uh, other stuff Gadzooks gave us, as well as um, you know how you can win those and when that's coming out and stuff. So just be following the page, and we thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you've been enjoying the content. Again, if there's anything that you want to hear, then let us know in the comments sections when you're tagging those friends, and we would love to hear from you. Yeah, and uh, good luck on winning the Kyrgyzar. May the odds be ever. No, I'm just yeah, may the odds be ever <laughs> in your do 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 do. All right, good night, everybody. All right. Yeah. <laughs>